You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome into another episode of the Grinding Truth Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Man, along with Todd Fox. And today, narrating will be. Yeah. That's right. But before we get into our uh, next topic, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. And there you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as early as convenience. Also, if you want to see a, a, a video demonstration of some of the recording we've done, you can follow us on YouTube and just type in uh, Grinding True Crime as well and subscribe to our page also. And for those listening to us on your podcast stream, continue to listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podmine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. And for those who like what you hear, and if you like to uh, leave a donation to support what we do, you can leave it on two platforms. One is Cash App. Just type in dollar sign grinding true crimes, or you can leave it at PayPal. Just type in at grinding true crimes. <sighs> Listener's discretion is always advised because we do get into details that may be uh, graphic for a certain audience. So listeners' discretion is advised, but some audience enjoy that. Uh, and also, this Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, we will be going live for the first time in 2023. I know we've been trying to go live for the past couple of weeks, but it's been really busy and a lot of things have been coming up. But for sure, we'll be going live this Sunday, February, what's that, the 12th, mm-hmm. at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. Anything else I left out? I think you got it. I think I got it. Thank you, everybody who's been uh, leaving comments and saying how much we uh, are uh, important in their lives and saying that we, they, we bring so much joy into their everyday activities just by listening to us. We thank you so much. We've been getting a, a lot of comments and a lot of new listeners. So we thank you for all you guys uh, leaving comments and supporting what we do. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. All right. With all that being said, Gabby Gab is kicking off a story for us for 2023. Gabby Gab, you're doing a, a, actually a request, correct? Yes. This is a request from Santi in the Philippines. Well, I don't know if she actually lives there or that, but that's where she's from. So Sweet. she requested this specific story. Sweet. So, um... There is interviews on this guy, but tell me why I searched and searched and I was not able to find them. So I don't know if what happened, if they've been blocked off or I have no idea, but I know she, she did know about the interviews. So, okay. But I got all the information I could. Well, let's hear it. 
Alrighty, so this story takes place in Thailand, and his name is Siway, if I'm pronouncing. 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 Yes. Wait, hold on. I'm pronouncing. <laughs> We're going to get flagged. Grammar patrol. Grammar, grammar, grammar patrol. Pronouncing. <laughs> pronouncing his name correctly. I'm going to taking you back to school. Stop <laughs> taking that word, man. <laughs> Maybe I do need to go to school. <laughs> so... The interesting thing, this happened in Thailand, but Siwei was not from Thailand. He was actually a Chinese immigrant. Oh. Mm. So let's start with where he was born. There's little information and there is some confusion actually about when he was born. Uh, he was either born in 1921 or 1927. Mm, that's a big age gap. Yes. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really know because there's very little information on him, his background and his childhood and all of that. But he was born with the name. <laughs> See, I want to butcher these names badly. Hey, <laughs> we try. I it's I don't know what it's pronounced. It's N-G. Ng. Ng? Ng, yeah. Ng Lee? Sounds like only something or Matt could say. No, well, I had a, I had a teacher with the name Ng, and his name was Mr. Ng. Ng. Yeah, okay. that I do know. Ng Lee or ah, Juan Mr. Ng. Stop it! Stop it, <laughs> yeah. Todd! Don't be so disrespectful. I'm just saying. That's how I would pronounce it. Give a nice ah for you. Stop it, man! <laughs> so, like I said, there's not much information on his early life. I looked in different accounts, but hey, if anybody else can find somebody, feel free. I mean, find more information, feel free to do that. Let me know if you guys find anything on him. But one source said that he was born Hun Lai, subdistrict, Shantou province in China, mm. to a family of farmers. <clears throat> His father was Mr. Sung Oh and mother Bai Tu. Mm. He is said to be of, I don't know what this is, Tachu descendant? Tachu? Tachu, I don't know how you pronounce this. <laughs> Teochu. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at the names, but it's a completely different language, so I have no idea exactly how you pronounce all those names. Oh, good. A different newspaper, though, said that he was born in Fingtai Village, Hongguen Subdistrict. Okay. I'm trying to pronounce. <laughs> So Just bad. do the best you can. Like you're getting you're, stuck on all these. You're getting stuck on every word. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. And then I have like, I had COVID in my brain, as you know. After COVID is, it, yeah, I have no brain right Not now. Not only that, you've been dealing with vertigo. So. Yes, my brain is very affected, guys. So be patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, in that account, it mentioned that he was the youngest of four children. And that the family was Hakka descent, so a different descent. Okay. In 1945, however, he was drafted to fight under the command of Chairman Mao Zedong against the Imperial Japanese forces. Oh, Mao. When you get into that, that's communism, correct? Yep. And that's communism fighting to take over the government. So he was pre-war with the uh, Chinese government. Okay. So yes. Communists. Okay. Got it. 
Okay. So apparently at some point, the Japanese had them under siege and then they spent weeks trying to figure out how to survive on their own. Mm. Um, his fellow soldiers would eat grass, you know, whatever they could find that was like vegetable, I guess. Mm. Because that's all they had. But him, on the other hand, Siwei, he ate human flesh. Oh, the okay. dead soldiers of the battlefield. I mean, I'm just being honest. If we if fighting for our lives and we, you know, food is very scarce. Hey, man. I, might, I don't know. I might, I might pull off a finger or two. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being <laughs> Not- honest, man. Huh? See, that's you, man. I, I would go the route like you know how you ever see those um, those YouTubes where it says, "Is this real meat or rat meat?" And they'll show like oh, no. broccoli and beef, and then you're like, "That's oh, that's the real thing." And then they show you them cooking the uh, the rats. If you can make it look like the rats look like that, broccoli and beef, I'm, I'll, I'll go with the rats before I would try humans. Basically, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I- I, yeah, I no. can't totally be mad at them. You better that. not be <laughs> staying next to Matt, Todd. Hey, bro. A thigh's a thigh. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Whoa. Well, <laughs> I'm just you saying. Don't if, go higher than that, okay? Yeah, I'm going higher than that. I'm just saying, <laughs> if it's a last resort, we Wait, ain't got man. no money. Hey, man. Is a sausage got... a sausage, Matt? Stop it. Stop it, Todd. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I ain't going that far. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we ain't got no food left and that's between grass and the homie Ben, hey man. No. <laughs> no I'm, I'm eating grass. I am too. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll figure out some. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not that hardcore. I'll tell well, you. Well, now you guys know. Don't, don't be dying next to Matt when there's scarce food. Yeah. Because he's going to eat you. Mike, Mike, just do it. He'll, apparently, he'll start with finger foods first. Oh yeah, that's, you know what? I like what you did there. Yeah. So this next part lets you know where we're headed with his case. Um, he was called a cannibal, right? Mm-hmm. Although you'll see later that at some point he denies some of that, but yeah. So the newspapers reported that maybe this is where he developed that taste for human flesh. Because he got used to eating people. Mm. On December 28, 1946, he fled to Thailand on a cargo ship called the Pro-Q. And then he was detained by immigration for 10 days. But apparently, another controversy here was that a man named Mr. Tinky Sang Ing mm-hmm. certified him to enter legally into the country. Oh, but it's Tinky, no. you smell good. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it, Todd. Stop it, man. You can't do that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist. I know you could. I heard oh, I when she said the name. It's not known what relation this person had to Seaway. And then a different source says that a man named Mr. Ha Wang put down cash and documents to get him into the country. Todd, breathe. You, you got to get through this. My inner 10 year old is popping out right now. I'm sorry. Stop it. Sorry. I'll stand in the corner right now. Sorry. (laughs) See, you made me lose my place in my in my little document here. You start saying Wang, and I I lose my place as well, and I'm not even telling the story. (laughs) Stop it, man. We're just gonna say Ang, okay? Because you you guys are bad. I didn't do anything. (laughs) Anyway, so 
the other source mentioned that he paid the cash and he got documents to get him into the country. So there's two different stories on that. We don't know which one's the accurate one. Si mm-hmm. stayed at the Tianjin Hotel mm-hmm. in the district of Bangkok and he did odd jobs to survive. Okay. Later on, he then moved southwest 325 kilometers to Tapsake, subdistrict of. I'm just going to say Khan province because that's too big. I don't, I can't pronounce all that. He started working as a farmhand, which is, you know, a farmer. Like a farmer. Farmers, yeah. yeah. He traveled a lot and he would um, stitch together farm gigs across the whole coast. Okay. Then from there, he stayed in a place for two months and then he would keep moving along, find another place for about six months and so on. So he would keep doing that, but he would still eventually come back to Tapsake every time which is what to him was home that's where he spent most of his time and you say he's in japan right now right Mm, no he's in thailand thailand okay i'm sorry so um for eight years he didn't commit any serious crimes okay but to people he was kind of odd like his appearance his behavior he gave people um unsettling feelings yeah because he was a drifter already yeah right so he, had, he probably had a, a weird personality. I think so. And you'll see. As I go through the story, you'll see this man is a bit odd. Okay. But at that point, people did not notice anything criminal about him. He wasn't doing anything. That was until April 10th, 1954. Oh, a date. Got a date. Yes. And you know what happens when we got a date on this podcast? So his entire thing began on this day. And it started what was assuming the first victim. His name was Bangorn Pamornsut, which was a little girl. His name, I said, huh? It was a little girl. How old do you guys think this little girl was? Uh. So already you know he's sick, right? We're going to talk about children. So prepare yourselves for those of you that have a hard time hearing this. Listener's discretion, once again, is advised. Um, I'm going to say... I'm just going to go shoot for the moon and say she was five years old. Four. Four? Mm-hmm. She was actually eight. No. Oh. I mean, she's still little. Yeah. Why'd you do the Price is Right guess on me, man? I didn't say one dollar. <laughs> you, you went one below. <laughs> exactly. You always go one below. Eight years old. So the age of our child, babe, our youngest. Oh, uh-huh. Siway, this is what he did to her. He slashed her neck, bit her throat, and dragged her into the woods to finish her off. Wait, what? Why would... I know I'm jumping very quick to his crimes, but like I told you guys, there's not much background on him. So he wanted to like... He slit her throat and then bit her... Her... Yeah... I'm so trying to grasp it. Yeah, I'm trying to grasp that he too. He bit her in the throat, and then he dragged her to the woods. Was that bite like as far as like a bite of a kill? Try to like a kill or to? It doesn't specify, but I'm guessing his entire cannibalism thing—the taste of meat, of flesh. Wow. I I mean, he's he's got her blood as well. You're gonna be shocked with this one, though. What do you think happened after that? She survived. Todd? Um, she fought him off? She did survive. <gasps> she was able to find him off. You were both right. She managed to escape him. 
Oh. The twist, Todd? That is a serious twist, because I thought she was gone. I thought so, too. Yeah, I mean... I thought, you, I thought the next thing you were going to say is he dismembered her or something. No. She wow. fortunately escaped. Good for her. Now, here's the twist. Later on, Sigway confessed to attacking her. But, to everybody's shock, the girl claimed it was not him. What? Because no. he was... What happened? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Because he was a small man, and she remembered a large man. I can't blame her, and I'm not even mad at her. Because, you know, when you're attacked, sometimes your mind can't get foggy and hazy. Because you're, you know, you're focusing on being attacked. So I'm not mad at her on that one. I, it's just, if they already accused him, why why didn't they just follow up on it? You know what I'm saying? Because her, her, her memory won't be, it, it's it's good. It, her memory won't be good. It was a little hazy, you know? Yeah, it was very traumatic. Very traumatic. Although, too, when, when kids are usually interviewed or... Um, interrogated after something like that they tend to either over exaggerate or under exaggerate so could have been both it could have been looking like some huge monster like sully from um exactly that movie or or could or could be you know i don't know she could have imagined a leprechaun because the terror of an eight-year-old or 10-year-old and younger exactly their imagination can go at the same time and being that she's small anyone could be considered huge a a, a normal-sized adult even if he's just average size, would be considered tall to her because she's a kid. Yeah. So at that time, um, he was working on a farm in Tapsake, and he was known by locals as a person who gave sweets to the kids in the area. Well, there you have it. So people thought that he was a nice man because, you know, he liked the children and he was giving them candy. Oh, oh but that was, this is around the 20s or 30s or something like that? The forty, right? Yeah, nineteen Things are still innocent. I don't think. I don't think we've gotten to the point, even in this country, that uh, yeah. candy from a stranger is not a good thing. Come on now. I'm so, just saying. Although, yeah, no, you're right. If I give Matt candy, he's looking at me cockeyed. Like, yeah, first of all, man, better not be giving me no candy unless it's a Reese's or a Twix. Okay. <laughs> okay, Reese's. <laughs> My thing is this. I get it. Back then, it was a little more innocent and stuff like that. But I've, I'm always suspicious of a man, a grown man, even a woman, but more so a man, giving a lot of attention to kids. Like, to me, that's a little iffy. I had a teacher, like, not to change subject, but there was a teacher at my one of my old schools, and this guy creeped me out. He had the perfect look of a pedophile. He had the long, thick mustache. He had the 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 very timid personality when it comes to adults, but when it came to kids, he was oh, oh holly jolly bully like Barney. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you're a grown man. You're you're in a you're a grandpa like age. Why are you so attentive to the kids? On his lunch break, he would eat with the kids, and I'm like, you're a grown man. Like I I want to get away from these kids. If I'm a teacher, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm teaching with them for six hours. Okay, here's my break. So I always felt kind of weird. As a matter of fact, there was investigations uh, with him, but they found no evidence. I don't know where he's at now, but a lot of people also felt the same way I felt. 
He was like, hey, kids. You know what, man? <laughs> I love you. You know who he looked like? Me. You know who exactly? Who looked, he looked like Geppetto from, from Pocahontas. Uh, uh, he looked like Geppetto from Pinocchio from the cartoon. Well, I never just, liked Geppetto just, either. First of all, man, leave Geppetto alone, okay? He was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he bent over and he told uh, Pinocchio to tell a lie. I'm deaf from Family Guy. <laughs> 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 Although it is kind of strange, old man playing with wood. But I'm just saying. Oh God! First of all, <laughs> you had to go there. I had to. No, but uh, all seriousness, I just find it very odd for a grown man to be very, very like attentive to kids. I well, just yeah, a, a friend of mine told me he not. not I got to give one too, real quick. Um, he had a, his kids in youth sports, and he's like, whenever we look for a coach, we never look for the guy that was always going to be there like like over aggressive like hey i got i got capri sun and orange slices mm -hmm. all super excited and had an itinerary for the day they're all the kind of coach we wanted to coach our kids and felt safe around is a guy that's like oh come on do i have to show up sunday i want to watch football who wants to mess around with and watch these kids suck all day that we're all like he's hired <laughs> they want that guy <laughs> well dang <laughs> Dang. No, I have to agree with you. That creeps me out of some people, too. I also knew an older man who, um, but this guy, this creep, was like, he always had gifts for the little girls. Ooh. Like, every time he would go hang out with everybody, he had, it. like, it wasn't even like, oh, he got them a doll or something or things little girls like. He would buy them, like, a dress that he wanted to see them wear. What? Like, things like that. That was so creepy. So, eventually, everybody was just, like, they gave a warning about him. Like, watch your kids. Because he was just, I don't know what the heck he was looking for, but he was creepy. Yeah. But, anyway, back to the story. Sorry. Barney and whoever else. <laughs> <laughs> so, the girl, you're going to laugh at this. <laughs> you guys. She identified... Laughing. A man. Guess what this man's name is. Oh no. <laughs> what oh, was Lord. he known as? Oh Lord. Uh, uh we're gonna laugh, so I'm thinking of stuff. Think of a commercial. I'll give you guys that hint. A commercial? Jack yeah. Park? No. Um <sighs> There's so many ways I can go with this. I, I really right? this. I don't know. You got me. Aflac man. <laughs> Something dong, ding dong. No. <laughs> okay, no, you're both wrong. Of course. <laughs> she identified a man known by the name of Mr. Clean. Oh wow. <laughs> and she said that was her attacker. And the funny thing is that he was related to the local sheriff. That was his brother. What? But after the attack, apparently Mr. Clean fled. And he was never seen again. They never found Mr. Clean. So this little girl, according, according to, her, to her, feels like the man who attacked him was a Mr. Clean type image. And his brother... No type image. That's how he was known. I mean, that's how he was known. And his brother was the sheriff. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Oh, I would have so solved the case right away. I would have been like, just follow the lemon scent. You know what, man? <laughs> Just put a hound to follow that. Yeah. You know what, man? <laughs> yeah, let the let the dog smell a Mr. Clean bottle, and then he's like, Woo! and starts going towards the, the lemon scent. I mean, that's a little iffy, right? I mean, little girl does not recognize Siwe as her attacker. Um, 
she says it's this Mr. Clean guy, but this person was never found. So that's a little confusing. And the fact that he was related to the sheriff and then he's gone. I mean, that's questionable. But I'm going to get back into the story and we'll figure that one out. So he was never seen again. Okay. One month later, May 19th, 1954, there was another attack. But keep in mind, Mr. Clean is long gone. This was Ned Sefu. Mm -hmm. Sefu. A 10-year-old girl was murdered. This one, unfortunately, did not survive. Her body was found dissected and her internal organs were missing. They had been stolen from What? Completely gone? Completely gone. What? Holy crap. Damn. Six months later, on November 28th, 1954, another girl was murdered. Jesus. This one by the name Mwaichu Saewa Saewa was Guess how old? Okay, Three. we have an eight and we a have ten an year eight old. And a ten, so I'm gonna say six. Nine. Matt's right. She was six years old. Damn. Mm. She was the daughter of a man named Jiang Kong. This time though, the murder took place in Bangkok near the railway station. Mm. She wasn't found the same way that the other two were found. Her organs were not missing. It was her genitals that were ripped out. What? I know. I told you this would be disturbing. Yo! Did they tie these three together right away, or did it take time? I will get into that. Yo, how do you... No. Yes. Later on, to give you some information, when he confessed, he said that he skipped making a meal out of this girl's heart because it was too small. So he dined on her gullet. If you don't know what that means, that's her esophagus. What the? This this is what he said later on, okay? In his confession. Did he have any? Does it does it say if he had any kind of doctor's experience or? Uh... No. No. The only thing is that he knew like how to get organs out or what he was cutting because of this, you know, being in the army. Yeah, he probably experienced on cutting up dead people already. Yeah. You know how that went. Like, people got killed and dissected, and uh, it was horrible. Yeah, especially in the war, you know? So he knew where things were. He knew the body, and he knew how to cut and all of that stuff. And there, too, they probably taught you certain things. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. So this information is claimed to be false. Some people don't believe that that's exactly what happened. And the reason is because originally Siwei denied that he was involved in those particular cases. This one especially. In an interrogation, he said that in Bangkok, I have heard people say that somebody killed a child and took the brains out a year ago. Whoa. At the time, I was in Fra Nakon, staying at Mr. Baktime's house. I didn't go to see it. Mm. That was what he had said originally. On the night that the little girl disappeared, that Moichu disappeared, her mom apparently had taken her to see an opera show. And then after the opera show, she disappeared, and it wasn't until the early next morning that they discovered her body. Apparently, workers from Chitrala Railway Station found her, 
but there was no evidence left at the scene except for one bloody toe mark on the floor. For three whole years, these people had no progress in solving her case until January 31st of 1958, when he finally confessed. Oh, wow. And I'm going to quote what he said, okay? Mm-hmm. So he said, At night, around 8 p.m., I left the house alone. I went to look for a temple near Hualapong. I came across a young girl crying near the opera house. I went to comfort her and asked her if she'd come home with me. She agreed. After that, he continued to say that the girl was sleepy, so he carried her through the station to one of the roads and across a bridge, and he walked along the railway for about 300 steps and laid her down to wake her up. After that, he pulled out a six-inch folding knife and held her down. According to him, he covered her mouth with his left hand and stabbed her with the right hand. Mm. He described stabbing her neck beneath the Adam's sapple, and she started crying. He said she was wearing a white shirt and he cut it open to see her chest. Then he proceeded to cut from her navel to her throat in the same way that he did to Samboom, which you're going to find out who that is a little bit ahead. He then cut out her genitals, threw half of them away, and then kept the other half in his pocket for when he walked home. So he walked home. After that murder, he left her body at the at the scene. And then he walked home where uh, supposedly he was living with a man named Mr. Lu Chai. Near the police station. Wow. That's perfect. Yeah. He said that when he got home, he boiled her liver and her heart. But that part was actually not true because they confirmed later in the autopsy that her organs were still intact. So he did not take out her heart. Or her liver. Mm-hmm. Maybe he confused that with the other one that he said that he took all the organs. I was just you about know, to say the same I thing. I think so. And this is why you're going to see a lot of people don't believe that he was capable of all of this because of so much contradiction in his statements and just people thinking that, you know, I'll explain later why the communism had to do with this or why people think it had to do with it. But they did find that her genitals were missing from her body, so that part was accurate. What do you guys think of this guy so far? So far, he's scum. He reminds me of the other guy I did, the one with the um, <clears throat> the one in Japan. Yeah, the one you did. Mm-hmm. The one he was picking on the uh, the little kids too, little girls. That was the one with the hands. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah, that guy was creepy. Well, this one, I think to me, too, at the same level, but they're just, they're disgusting. How do you rip a little girl genitals out in a boy and then stab, stab them from the navel upwards? I can't even just imagine. And you know she was still alive for that. Because that ain't a, that ain't a kill shot. Yeah. Dang. Oh, no, I, mean, I hadn't thought about that when I was reading the story, you know. No, that's she not had a, just woken up. Yeah, that's not a a vital uh, organ. Now, if he yeah, if he stabbed her for the chest through his heart, through her heart, maybe, but from the belly button down upwards, that's yeah, she suffered. That's a thrill kill. That's wanting to see the life yeah, yeah. out of her at the same time. Uh, 
Oh, oh yeah. Man. So then, after that, he returned to Pratwap Kirikan, to the district of Samroy, and he waited another six months until he got the urge again. It got the best of him, and he murdered a seven-year-old, Kim Hang Sai Lee, on June 22, 1955. Mm. Her body was found taped and brutalized. For this one, he said the same thing. He brought the folding knife and stabbed her, left her there, and he ran. Mm. And this was the first victim that they found proof that he had raped. Uh. You know, I was just about to ask you, since he took the genitals on the last one, what was his sexual or, or you know, like, did he have sexual um, problems, you know, with, with women that he had to do this to little kids? Um, was he too small? I mean... Uh, I mean, yeah, all of that, you start wondering, right? Yeah. Like, why he's behaving in that manner, but there's really no information on that. That's the thing with him, like, it was hard to find anything on his background well because like in in that country i could kind of see because like in america like they'll 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 ask all the questions they want to know all the details and that usually gets released at some point like you can find out his sexual activity the person's um psychiatric state of mind at the time i mean you can get into his the his or her past you know Mm. but i think in countries like that and in that time period probably they held on to some of those details and didn't release it Probably so. I think so. Yeah. But of course, like I told you guys, there's always skeptics that don't believe that he did that. Now, people think he didn't rape her because that wouldn't match his MO of slicing throats and guts, killing girls, blood, and cutting their genitals out. I'm sorry, but Uh, I I don't care about somebody's MO. That doesn't mean they can't change one thing or another round, right? Yep. If you're capable of doing something that heinous, it wouldn't shock me if you did something outside of what you normally do. Yeah. Yeah, because we've done stories lately where they couldn't pinpoint several murders on on the guy that actually did it because he changed his MO every time. Screw all that, man. Yeah. It's because some like will stick to a specific thing that they like to do, and he did for the most part. But there's always things that, like, if I guess to them, if you're in that moment, I mean, some people are going to have a different impact on you than others, and then you might be you know, your disgusting brain moves you to do something different. Yep. Something more. Yep. That's stupid. That's like somebody saying, well, this guy normally chops off the victim's fingers, but then they find the next victim and his toes are chopped off. Well, come on now. He's still capable of doing something like that. Yeah. Just because he didn't chop off his fingers doesn't mean, oh, that's not his MO. <laughs> yeah, it is. He chops body parts. You know? are, you trying to, are you trying to tell on yourself, Matt? Because you started with the finger thing earlier. Hey, man. <laughs> Don't worry it's about it. It's the second time, man. I'm on to you. Where there's smoke, there's fire, man. Detective Todd. Detective Todd, man. Don't find a body without me, fingers, sir. Gabby. I think we need to prosecute. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. If somebody does that, you know, shouldn't be shocked. Matt's like, yeah, I chopped off. No, I mean, that person chopped <laughs> off the finger. <laughs> well, you know, they chop He's fingers off. Them for when food is scarce. I'm just saying. Exactly. That. There you go. I'm just saying. I like... don't, don't come out with a jar of fingers. First of all, that's the definition of finger food. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> okay. We're bad. Anyway, another four months later, he murdered again. 
the same district, he then killed another 10-year-old, Gansele. Mm. These two have the same last name, by the way, but I don't think there's a relation there between them. Mm-hmm. Again, he used the folding knife to pierce her neck, and he said to have cut a piece of flesh from the neck and then left the body there. This guy is just, just thick. Just straight up sick, man. Yes, yes. Another four months later, this guy murders again. Again? Again, and it is a 10-year-old Gansai Lee. I don't think they're related, her and the other girl, but he mentioned the same thing, that he had used the same folding knife to pierce her neck. On this one, though, he cut a piece of flesh from her neck, and then he left her there. Ooh. Is he, t- he had already stabbed her in the neck, so the girl was... She Ble- had died already. Bleeding out, yeah. Probably stabbed her artery. So is he taking those as sort of like trophies, or is he actually eating those, or does it say? On her case, it doesn't say what he's doing with all that. Okay. Or the other girls. Gotcha. There will be one, though, where there will be more details of what happened. Oh, man, it's killing the freaking heebie-jeebies. Oh, I back to killing all these young kids. Yeah. At this point, the newspapers are publishing everything they know about what's going on, full details, and including photos. Oh, come on. Are yeah. the police, like, on high alert or anything? Yeah, I mean, at this point, they are, because okay. they see all these kids being killed, but this is why the newspapers and everybody's just going crazy now. Everybody's in a panic, but they're publishing even photos. It's like, wh- that's nasty. what about the family of those kids, you know, like? That's gruesome. That's nasty. Uh, I don't want to see that. The country at this time is communist, correct? Yeah. That's why. That's why. They don't care. There's no there's no censorship or unless it's the government censoring it. So they usually are pretty brutal. They there's probably public hangings at this time. So showing something of a dead kid really isn't as graphic as it would have been here in the States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's sad though. I get that that, though. Yeah. Yes, so the parents, um, well, as far as I know now, during the end of 1955 or 1956, he didn't kill. There was no more bodies, no more murders. The parents, finally, they had started breathing, you know, in relief, thinking that finally this nightmare was over and they could possibly start trusting people again. No, I wouldn't. But that is until another date, February 6th, 1957. Mm. When again he struck, and this time... The child was younger. How old um, do you guys think? Well, the youngest one so far was six. So everything's in two. I'm going to go with four. Three. It's five. You're both uh, wrong. But five years old. Five years old. They don't even know how to wipe their butts yet. Like we know five-year-olds. Nieces, nephews. Yes. Come on. Anyway... This poor child um, was killed next to the iconic landmark of ancient Pagoda. Mm-hmm. She was five years old. Her name was Suchu, and her body was mutilated. Oh. This child, though, however, to this one, he denied being involved. He said that he had heard about it in the news and that he was in that province that night. But he didn't go because he was waiting for the train to return to Tapsake. Mm. But by the end of the interrogation that they did, 
which happened later on, he did admit to having killed her. Oh, okay. So, so this guy denies some of them, but then he confesses to them. My thing is, how is these kids by themselves? Like, how is he ca- how is he catching them by themselves? Well, like, I'm going to tell you how he got hurt. Okay. He said there was another opera show for the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. He saw the little girl walking alone, and he invited her to eat ginkgo at the side of the temple. Once he had her there, he pushed her beneath the chamchuri tree and covered her mouth with one hand and then used a folding knife to slit her throat. Then he dragged her body from there to the cave, the Chetty Cave, and then he proceeded to dissect her body, took out her heart and her liver. Then he carried her body back to the temple, which he expressed he was having a hard time doing, so he decided to just drag the corpse and leave it there. According to the police, this was the most evidence that he had left at any crime. And it suggested that what it seemed it was that he wanted to get caught already because he wasn't trying to hide anything. Yeah. But unfortunately, before he got even caught, he committed another murder. <sighs> I'm going to give you guys the information that I found afterward on the well, this girl. Not. Yeah, that gives details of why like, the kids were probably left alone or what happened. Mm. No. But I'm going to get into the confession of well, let me just, before the last murder. In his confession to this one, it didn't make much sense. Because it turns out that a monk had walked by and he ran before even getting caught. Siwei described that he cut her from the nape to her throat, to the lower abdomen, almost to the genitals, and her heart and intestines piled outside of her body. But then one of the newspapers published that her organs were also intact when they did her autopsy. Mm. So, so that was, <laughs> yeah, they said it wasn't cut. She was not cut how he had described. It was obvious that he was trying to dissect, but that monk interrupted what he was doing. And that's when he ran. Mm. And the same with this case, though, although there was much evidence, there was no leads until he had confessed to it. So up until his confession, they had no idea what had happened here or who it was. Wow. Jeez. For a man named Nawa, this is the last one, okay? This is the last murder. Unfortunately, I think, I personally, to me, this one was the worst. This one was the worst? Yes, because you'll see why. This man named Nawa went looking for his son who had been missing all day. Mm-hmm. This is Sam Boom, the one I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He was eight years old. Mm-hmm. He was the son of Nawa. So Nawa decided, okay, my son hasn't shown up. It's been all day. I need to go looking for him. He started worrying because they already knew things had been happening, right? Mm-hmm. So he got his friend who joined him on the search and they decided to go look for him. They smelled fire. But... What he said is that it was an odd smell, like burning flesh. Uh-huh. Have you guys ever burned your arm hair or anything like that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Have you smelled like yep. it's like it's, like it's... sulfur mm-hmm. burning scent? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what he and his friend were smelling. I smell not not to cut it off, but um, you know those uh, what do you call those little lighters in the car that you used to have back in the old those old cars. That had those little uh, cigarette lighters. 
cigarette lighters. There you go. My dad, uh, before he died, he had accidentally grabbed one and his finger got stuck inside. Like it was so That's hot. Yeah. He grabbed it on accident. It, it wasn't all the way pushed. He didn't think it was all the way pushed in. So he accidentally grabbed it and the heat caught, uh, his finger got caught in the heat for like seconds before he could pull it out. And the smell, I remember smelling his flesh. Ugh. Yeah, he had a burn mark on his finger and that smell, that's how I, I know what a burn smell smell like. Okay, well imagine burnt that, flesh, but way stronger. Yeah. I, oh, I can imagine. I, mm -hmm. I, had to, I had to remove a body from a car. Oh. I was briefly one of those people that picked up bodies out of really? high school. And, uh, oh, yeah, I remember you told me. Yeah, I vomited on the smell. I, I, oh, dear. Okay, then you know what that's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was overwhelming. Okay, well, that's what they smelled. So, Nawa spotted Siway by the fire where they could get the smell from. And, of course, his worst fears were confirmed. He noticed his son's little leg coming out from beneath the twigs and the leaf pile. Oh. Oh. Both men decided to tackle Seaway to the ground and they waited for police. Wait, they saw him there? They saw him. He was burning the body. Oh. So they held him until the police showed up. He didn't resist at all when he was being arrested. As I'm telling you, this was the worst. This murder was gruesome. It was visceral. Uh, I'm sorry. But he would have been end up with my son on that one if I caught him. Nah, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they just held him. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, good restraints, but I'm surprised. Maybe in their mind, they finally caught the man who's doing this, so they want to get justice for everybody else. I, I would have burnt them too. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have reacted. Probably, I'd probably kill him on the spot too. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, me and my boy. Oh man. So they arrested him. The body of Samboom had been disemboweled. See, oh. Wei pierced his throat right beneath the Adam's sample. Then he severed his trachea. He slit his abdomen from the navel to the throat. He wanted, obviously, the heart and the liver of the boy. He handled his organs with great care and took them home. He cleaned them and displayed them in a bowl like if he was going to have a meal. But he realized that he had to get rid of the evidence, so that's when he lugged his body into the forest, piled leaves and twigs on him, and started the fire. Mm. So he stood there and watched as he burnt the body of the little boy, stoking the flames to ensure that the evidence went up in smoke. Mm. Mm -mm. According to the report from Pim Thai newspaper, Siwei said that he ate the organs because they revitalized his body. That's why he would eat organs. Okay. This interview that they did with him was February 12, 1958, and he added that the human intestines tasted very good. First of all. What? I, I, Your face. <laughs> I mean, like I said, like I said earlier, if I was in a situation where it was life and death and I had no food whatsoever, yeah, I, I would consider eating. Uh, yeah, I would consider it. But I ain't about to be sitting here and just be like, oh, yeah, heck yeah, that's a... That's an appetizing meal. It tastes really good. And stuff like that. Mm, no. No. Yeah, that guy is not, that, This guy is gross. What do you think, Todd? <sighs> Again, the, the fact that he was still standing when the father came apart upon him or, or at least still breathing. I mean, 
I don't think I could have saved him for judgment. I would have tried to be judge, jury, and execution right there. <laughs> you still on that, man? I'm still on that. I mean, this guy's just scum of the scum, man. I agree. Yeah. I'd have chopped his boss off right just, there and throw him in the fire. Right in there, mm-hmm. if I recognize my son or daughter, it, obviously dead, I, I'm yeah, I'm losing it. My, my thing is, my thing is, okay. We call John, you know, the bad cops over here, Johnsons. What do they call them in Taiwan? I don't know. Don't even try it, Todd. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying Thailand. not. To, I don't want to offend anybody, but they, Thailand, Todd. Thailand, Thailand, <laughs> Thailand. Sorry. What, what? What are the Thailand Johnsons? Because I'm telling you, John John. I don't know. Santi needs to let us know about that later. You gonna call him John John? <laughs> okay, John John. John, John. I like it. The John John. The John John. Ah, <laughs> oh, we cannot find the puppet Twitter. <laughs> God, man. Stop, man. Stop, Stop it. <laughs> I like that one, though. I'm, but I'm with you, though, Todd. I, I, my restraint, yeah, I, I, he would have been end up with them. I'm with you on that one, bro. Yeah. I think me, too. I don't know. Everybody would have done it. It's I give, hard. I give them at credit. The same time, though, it's hard because maybe you're not thinking like of being enraged at that moment. You're in shock to see your child of being course. under there, like being burned. Of course. The pain, the grief, like you're mourning. I get it. I'm, I'm maybe shocked. Maybe in his mind, he just thought, catch him. Like that's all he could think about, catch him. Oh, I'm catching him. Mm-hmm. Hey, catching him, flipping him, throwing him. Yep. All of it. All of it. You did this to my son? Oh, man, we done. You done. Yep. Well, look, give you a little background. This guy, it was reported that he had met a Chinese hermit years before all of this happened, mm. who apparently opened his eyes to cannibalism. But, of course, mm. we already know that he was already humans when he was in the war. Yeah. Specifically, he liked to dine on human organs. That's what the the hermit told him. You know who else used As- to dine on organs? Another story you covered, Gaps. Yeah. Dahmer. Of course. Yep. Yeah, this was a direct method, according to this hermit, for him to awaken supernatural powers within mm. him. But in the only interview that Siway ever gave to the media, he said that he believed that consuming hearts and livers would strengthen his health. Mm. So, according to him, it wasn't for the superpowers, but that's what that guy taught him. But he wanted to strengthen his health. That's why he wanted to eat human hearts and livers. I mean, nobody here has done that, but doesn't that really happen? Like, if you consume someone else's liver or something, like, like, does it like give you some? Because I seen the video. I don't know if it was you, Todd, or you, you, babe. But remember that vampire dude that sucks on people's blood? Uh huh. And he says that he can taste what a person ate, and he can taste what the. the that's what I'm saying. Like, does it actually make your According body to him and revitalize him? That's what I'm saying. Like, does it? Like, nobody knows. We don't know. I but mean, I don't know. These people will say that, but I mean, what proof is there? That's what I'm saying. What proof? Like, who has proof to show that? Like, does it? What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there is none that to, to prove it right or wrong, but I, w- I don't want to be the guinea pig that tries Me neither. it. Me boy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, blood is sacred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Well, there are many skeptics that don't believe. Like I told you, the skeptics will always be there. They don't believe Seaway was a cannibalistic murderer. Despite the facts that he got caught red-handed with the evidence of killing Samboom, having his heart and liver in his house because they did find his heart and liver, confessing to five other murders, and then talking about eating organs. You better not say they let him off. You think this guy was not a cannibalistic murderer? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Okay. These skeptics say that it's not him. He's not a cannibalistic what? monster that haunted the Thai's children for decades. They say that he was an ethnic Chinese who didn't even speak the Thai language at the time when the Red Scare was front and center of the Thai politics. And for those of you that don't know what this means, it was hysteria over the perceived threats posed by communism. <sighs> this is where the communism comes in. So people think that he was being framed. They say that he was a convenient patsy. Others say that Thai police parade suspects through the media, which is actually true. The media would create spectacles of accused people before they even went to trial, just so they could get um, popular. Views and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And make more money out of selling their paper. In the 1950s, especially when the press exploited child murders to haunt the public, t- public, t- public, <laughs> in order to sell more. <laughs> But regardless of that, we know that that doesn't determine, you know, whether a person is responsible for that crime or not. Man. And you got evidence. I don't know, the man is literally right there, red-handed, with a murdered victim, body parts at your house. There ain't no clearer evidence than that. Yeah, you got caught red-handed. Red-handed. And this is why I say... Even if the others weren't true... I'm sorry. Even if the others were not true, that one was. With that one, one alone yep. already makes you a disgusting cannibal murder. And that's why I, I, I would have done off with him right then and there. Boom. Yeah, you don't yep. even need to investigate those other ones. What? You can you could just be like, well, you close out the case. You got the one. The one is more than enough to get the Wang removed. Yeah, you got. You're talking about mo's. Well, there it is. They're yeah. all the same. So in the interrogations that they conducted, um, they used a Chinese interpreter with him because he didn't speak the Thai language. Mm. According to him, the interrogators were never threatening to him and they never forced him to confess. And that was on record. They also never asked him for any locations of the murders. He alone gave that information himself. And it was on point. It was correct about all the murders he confessed to. Where there's discrepancies in his confessions, there's two. One, that although he claimed to have taken Moi Chu's heart and liver, they were in her body and intact when she was found. So that was not accurate from his part. Two, he never spent much time in Bangkok, but he knew the places, the roads, the bridge names, everything. He had gone to Bangkok 10 days before the murder of Moi Chu. And in the confession, he said that he had stayed with Mr. Iwai Sai on the night of the murder, but he was actually at the house of another person named Backtime Selai. Backtime? Backtime. My thing is this. Okay, he got some information wrong. He's still guilty. Send him away. Put him to death. Yeah, so, I mean, it is confusing, right? No matter. What the heck was going through this person's mind? If If he was just, like, forgetful, because the interview was three years after the murder. Yeah, he probably, he forgot probably didn't things. remember details. Yeah, yeah, he probably forgot details 
or mix some details uh, up with the other victim. Well, apparently there was an interview with one of the officers that were in charge of his case. And this one was published February 4th, 1958, only days after he had confessed. That he was surprised after Siway confessed to the murder of Mike Chu and said he only dissected her genitals. There was another report from February 12th that said that when Maichu died, he dragged the corpse, slashed her chest up to her neck, and took out her heart. But it was too small to eat, so he put it back, and then he cut a lump of her throat. Mm. Does this make sense to you guys? No. No. Would a cannibal drag the body just to cut it open and then decide the heart is too small? Nope. Mm. Unless, unless he really believed that eating certain organs will rejuvenate his strength and stuff, he may have felt that this wasn't suitable enough. But that's the thing. If you're a cannibal, what do you care about the spikes? If you like eating hearts, wouldn't you have ate it? But that's what he said. According to him, he said that eating organs were essential to him because it gave him back strength or whatever it may be. Well, this is one of the things that created for people to be confused and say, no, it couldn't have been him. Because a cannibal will eat it regardless of its size. That's true. Which I agree with. But at the same time, that makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. That if this revitalized him and it was too small, he felt like it was pointless. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe there's something to it. I mean, people prefer big steaks, small steaks. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be funny. Just like they, they have a preference. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know. But in that case, we don't know what the truth actually is on that. But anyway, the autopsy was performed on Sambu. His heart and liver were missing from his body. And you already know, they did find them in a bowl in Siwei's house. The organs were examined and they were in fact human organs. So there is no mention though if they were whole or if he had already tasted them or took a bite out. This guy's not guilty. I'm going to be pissed. I'm just writing for the verdict. Yeah, me too. I mean, come on. What more do you, you got what the more can you organs show? at his house? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> regardless, like, whether he bit them or didn't bite them, I people thinking that it wasn't him, when he was caught burning the corpse, obviously it was him. Mm-hmm. His organs were at the house, so come on. Even if he was pressured to lie about the murders... And take fault for it, which he said he never was pressured. That's still sick and disgusting of him, right? He's still a child killer. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, one case is enough for you to be caught red-handed. That already, in my mind, that tells me who you are. You're sick. Mm -hmm. You have to be guilty. So, Siwei went to trial on March 25th, 1958. He confessed to every murder that was pinned on him. He didn't even hold details from any of them when he was asked about the crimes. Mm. As for witnesses, what do you think? Was there ever any witness? Um, well, I would say the witness for the monk, okay. he, he saw, he kind of stopped him from uh, cutting up the body parts of one of the childs. And then obviously the father seeing his son um, being burnt. So I would say two witnesses. I mean, obviously they didn't see the killing when they saw the aftermath. What about you, Todd? Do you think there was any other? Any other bodies? Any other witness? Any other witness? Any other witness? No. Okay. 
So once the trial started, my two siblings apparently uh, they talked at the trial because they say they they saw him lure their sister away from the Chinese celebration. Mm. So the Chinese New Year one, mm-hmm. uh, her siblings claimed to have seen him lure her away. Mm. Not that she was walking by herself and he found her. Mm. So there was those witnesses. I wonder if they asked the first victim who uh, survived during the trial, like, or did they just leave that alone? I'm going to continue on the trial scene. Okay. The trial lasted only nine days. He did not appear. Okay. I think at that point, because it might have been too traumatic and also because she claimed it to be somebody else, although he did confess to her. Mm. So the trial lasted nine days. That's where I was, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I got a little little lost. <laughs> when he heard the verdict, what do you guys think happened? How do you guys think he reacted? Probably with no emotion whatsoever, or he probably was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> he might have been relieved. He fainted. He fainted? Fainted? He fainted. He finally woke up when a cop gave him a cigarette to puff on. Wow. He fainted? Obviously, it's a death penalty, right? Some people think that he confessed at the threat of being deported. Mm. But let's get real. Who's going to risk their entire life and be put to death to avoid a deportation? Yes, he was sentenced to death. Good. Apparently, during that whole time, there were two other suspects on the murders. As we know, Mr. Clean, Hmm. the surviving girl that you... No, you never saw that guy again. And another name, Sawai Pensilpachai, a Thai butcher. He was identified as a child killer, and he was locked up for nearly a year. Mm. So they thought it was this man. They thought they had caught the child killer. Mm. He was locked up for a year, then he was released on bail a whole month before Siway got arrested. Mm. Wow. But if he was locked up and it was him, upon his release, he would have been caught killing the boy, right? Yep. Nazi way. So they wanted to prosecute him as like an accomplice to Siway, but there was not enough evidence for them to do that. So mm-hmm. that didn't stick. And Siway confessed to doing the murders himself. Mm. He was sentenced to death. He never said why he did any of this. There were psychologists that examined him and said he did not have any mental disorders. He did not have any? He did not. (sighs) He never gave reasons to why he preyed on kids, though. I mean, I have two questions. Number one, how did they put him to death? And number two, how long did he... Was he in jail before they get into that? All right, (laughs) he's all anticipating. Hey man, I want to (laughs) know. Tell me now. So the trial was March twenty fifth, nineteen fifty eight, on September sixteenth, nineteen fifty nine. So a whole what? A whole year year and a half. About that. He was executed by a firing squad. All right. The age of thirty. Hey, and I'm not or violence like that, but I'm just saying. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something that happened with his body afterward. 
They dug it up. Well, there's more. Is it a twist? A twist. <laughs> oh, a twist. I like twists. I like twist. <laughs> so what happened to the body? What do you think happened to the body? I'm going to say somebody dug it up and burnt it. I'm going to say it was the dad, too. <laughs> Unfinished business. Mm. Thanks, Todd. I'm going to say they uh, they didn't give him a proper bur- burial. or They did something to desecrate his body. Okay. Todd is pretty much right. I'm going to tell you why you're partly right. That same month that he was executed, his body was given away to City Rush Hospital in Bangkok to use for medical studies. Mm. Medical researchers later embalmed his body and he was put on display at their medical museum. What? For students and visitors to view. What? Were all the bullets riddled in his body? Put on display. The description labeled him as Siway Cannibal. But later on, they changed that to Death Row Prisoner because complaints they received from local residents that to the National Human Rights Commission that that was not correct. So they changed the label from Cannibal to Death Row Prisoner. Mm. Apparently, it was a popular dark tourism destination for displays like these, like cadavers and other artifacts in Thailand. But as the years went by, it was less and less believed that he was actually a cannibal and more people believed that it was sensationalism in the press at the time that made them think that he actually ate his victims. So people are still not believing that he ate humans. Hey. How long do you guys think he lasted on display? I'm going to say a cool month. No, uh, I'm going to say a, a couple of years. Gosh. I'm going to say a decade because you could do some uh, wonders with that embalming stuff. You guys are both wrong. Hmm? What? Yep. He was on display for six decades. What? Six decades? Six decades. Wow. It wasn't until August 2019 that he was removed from there. And then he was cremated on July 23rd, 2020. Oh, dang. People complaining, the public was complaining that that was a lack of dignity afforded to him by displaying him in that manner. Man, he showed a lack lack of dignity to those little kids that he murdered. Man, screw all that, man. I'm sorry. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. uh, He doesn't. um, He doesn't get the. what do you call it? The love or, or, or you know, um, the opportunity to have any dignity associated with his name. I agree. I agree. But, you know, the public that still believed he was innocent, they said, no, that's wrong. That is not respectful. That he shouldn't be displayed that way. I'm sorry. You do stuff so inhumane. You, you, you lose all human rights. Mm-hmm. So everybody in Tapsake, where the remains of the majority of his victims were found, they were all invited to attend the cremation, along with human rights commissioners and prison officials. The police colonel, Nara Sevestanan, director general of the Thai Corrections Department, attended the funeral rites, and he said, I quote, The funeral will be done in a way that lets the dead man's spirit rest in peace. Way was an executed convict who had committed many crimes. We will hand it, handle it properly. 
to prevent any issues arising and will treat Siwei like other executed convicts who had no relatives. When they had the body, nobody came to claim it. There was not a single family member. Dang. Nobody. He had nobody. Dang. So he really was a drifter. Nobody claimed his body, so because he had no relatives, this is how they would do it. They would cremate the body. His ashes were delivered to a temple in Tapsake, which was where he lived for eight years and called home. And the locals who believed that he was innocent wanted his ashes to be kept in the village. Mm. So that's why they took him to a temple. Out of all places, to a, a temple. temple? Isn't that supposed wow. to be sacred? Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. He murdered one of his victims at the temple. Come I'm on. I'm sorry. No. Mm-mm. I don't agree with the way they treated this whole case. I think it's ridiculous. He deserved no dignity. No. Abusing children, killing them. I don't think it was fair what mm-hmm. they did. You sound oh. frustrated, Todd. Yeah, very frustrated. I think even like last week's show and then this week, you know, going out with by firing squad, it's not exactly something that you know. I, I think I'm with you, Gabby. You're starting to get me on the uh, on the train of like uh, these guys need to die Thanks. die a slow pain. Off, yeah. off with the wang. Yeah, the wang In this first. Case, genitals for genitals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he could have had his wing get yanked off too. Yeah, then you slowly start dissecting things from him at, you know. Mm -hmm. See, I'm hanging around with you too much, Gabby. (laughs) It's rubbing off on you, Todd. You're opening your eyes, Todd. I think so. I think so. It's just crimes against kids, man. That always gets me. And for, you know, like a lot of people are against the whole, you know, against taking a life for a life and stuff like that. They don't believe in the death penalty. That's fine. You know, because you could either be on either side. You can want them to rot in jail or rot in hell, however you want to put it. But, um, man, it's like sometimes people just need to be put out of their misery. They shouldn't be breathing anymore because you got to think about what the families think about. Like, how is this guy still living? And then on the other hand, I'd be pissed if that was my kid and no, he just got shot and that's it. And then and displayed. Yeah, for six decades. So after I'm dead, he's still on display. Right. Like, this guy became famous for the gruesome things that he did? Yep. That was stupid to me. Yeah. Well, this is the story of Siway. I am sorry for disappointing you all. I hate child crimes cases, too. And But thank you, Santi, for asking about this one, for recommending this one. Um... Like I said, I didn't find the interviews. I wish I had, and she did offer to translate for me. But I couldn't find them. So if anybody did, and you guys want to send that to us, I would like to see that. But if not, I got as much as I could. Um, a lot of my information, uh, there's another... Gosh, I forgot his name, and I wanted to give him some credit for that. But he had dissected this whole story to kind of put it in order because seriously the information for this guy is all over the place and it's not much so it's kind of hard to piece it together so thank you to that guy who did his blog and actually put it in order <laughs> so people like us could find it and relate it thank you yeah. thank you. thank you when i remember his name i will let you guys know 
to give credit to him because well, he made it easier for me. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, maybe I could put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But well, thank, thank you, thank you, Gabby Gab. Mm-hmm. And that they, story yeah, sucks. Thank you, Santi. We appreciate you recommending this story. And if we butchered, well, if Gabby Gab, well, we say we, we all team. <laughs> if we butchered any names, we are I'm sorry. Sure they butchered a lot. Oh, I'm quite sure you did. I'm trying to. <laughs> you butchered <laughs> a, a bunch. <laughs> but it's all good. I did not want to butcher the children's names, but I, it was really hard to. It's all good. Know I how mean, to pronounce it. When you're pronouncing someone of a different nationality, it is kind of difficult. So I'm sure the fans would uh, uh, understand. <laughs> so. Well, that is our show for tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us on your way to work or just listening to us on your jog or whatever it is you're doing. Thank you for listening to us. We're going to sign off, but before we do, just a quick reminder, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crimes, and there you can follow us. Subscribe to us. Leave a comment, and we'll get back to you and to our earliest convenience. And also, if you want to continue to listen to us, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. <laughs> With all that being said, we're going to be signing off. This has been another episode, and this has been your boy Maddie Matt along with Todd Fox and Gabby Gab. And we are out of here. Toodles. Peace. Ah. Y'all come back now. You, you can't help. resist. You couldn't. <laughs>